Welcome to the podcast. Join Nate and Mike, lifelong friends, as they discuss stocks and investing. The name says it all. This This is is Two Buds Buds Talk Talk Stocks. Stocks. All opinions expressed by Nate and Mike are their own. Please do not buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Hello and welcome again to Two Buds Talk Stocks. We've been having such a great time talking on our last pod that we actually split it into two different podcasts. Before we jump into the second podcast here, um, make sure to please reach us on our socials, Twitter, and on Instagram at Two Buds Talk Stocks. Always appreciate the feedback at Gmail, which is going to be Two Buds Talk Stocks at Gmail. Um, we're going to let, um, we're going to essentially, um, resume from the end of our previous pod and make this into a two pod series for you. Thanks guys. And thanks for the support. I did that one time with Michael Kors. I think Michael Kors, the, the maker of handbags, I think they've since been taken private, but, um, they were I, hot stock. That's what I'm saying. So it was 20, 2014, 2015 and Michael Kors was all the rage. And I was, uh, I was in the Cherry Creek Mall and I had a Michael Kors store in there. I was like, let me check this out. I'm going to do some boots on the ground research. I'm just going to yeah. go look at all these handbags and everything. And I'm just looking around and I'm asking. And I says, this sale associate comes up to me and she, and she says, uh, you know, can I help you find any bags? I said, no, actually, um, I'm just more interested in the company. You know, you're publicly traded or whatever. And I kid you not, she doesn't miss a beat. She goes to the front desk and hands me a card. She says, if you have any questions about investor relations, just call this number and gives it to me, but I'm not allowed to talk about the company. I was like, whoa, "Whoa." it's the only time I've ever tried that. And it didn't work. And I've I've never done it since. That's crazy about the uh, Michael Kors, man, that they actually gave you a card. That sounds like something like what happened in like a, actually, man, I got to embarrass myself when I was at a, Whole Foods last weekend. I'm buying and like she that this cashier's like really chit chatting with me and she's like telling me that she's been here for a long time and yeah blah blah. I'm like so uh, when you guys merge, you get any of those shares? And she's like, no, I wish I didn't. And then you could see like, all right, there's a little interest because there's nothing worse. But I'm like, ooh, we doing stock talk? And then people get this like glazed look in their face, like I'm about to give them a traffic ticket or something. <laughs> and they're just like, uh, I'm like, all right, never mind. Speaking of speaking of embarrassing stories, this um, my dad and I a few years back we went on a uh, road trip out to uh, Virginia and we were driving through and in the Midwest they have um, Casey's grocery stores. They're little uh, gas stations slash convenience stores. <laughs> no, it's it's called Casey's. Um, it's a it's a mid cap company, super small market caps, maybe again in that twelve to fifteen range. But I had invested in them years ago because I read this <laughs> read this stat. They actually. They have, so it's behind Domino's, Pizza Hut, and I can't think of who the next one is, what the big chain is, but they're the number four pizza seller in the country. Their what? pizza, their pizza at these little Casey. Like general, Papa Murphy's, yeah, like so, Domino's, Papa Murphy's. Pizza. So, so throw yeah. in the take and bake one. So they're number five or whatever. So I'm reading this article that says that their pizza is great. There's people that drive down to a little gas station convenience store and buy their pizza. They make them all fresh in house there at this, uh, at, in these little convenience stores. It's called Casey's General. Ticker symbol is C-A-S-Y. I invested in them and uh, it's just, it's been, a, it's been a, been, they pay, they've increased their dividend 17 years in a row. It's just a, a little mid cap company that churns 
boatloads of cash. They use the cash to reinvest in new locations. They buy out, they bought a bunch of Circle K locations and rebranded them. So their, their staple is through the Midwest. They're everywhere in the Midwest, um, Iowa, Illinois. And I'm driving through and uh, we're, we need to stop for, uh, for gas. And uh, I was like, we should stop at a Casey's uh, General. So then that gets to the, uh, to the story about, uh, it gets to the point about uh, me owning it. So I tell my dad about it. So he's like, oh yeah, let's go to a Casey's General. I'll do some boots to ground on research. So we're looking in there at the pizza and everything. And uh, he uh, starts taking, he starts asking some questions of, of the employees. And he's basically, he's like uh, asking, he's like, so what do you think about uh, Casey's? Do you like working here? But it's that look you talk about. Every employee there was just like, what are you talking about? Publicly traded company? What? what yeah. They, they had no clue. And then my dad goes, you mind if I snap some pictures here? So he starts taking pictures. And Does then he own like, Casey's? No, he just did this because I did. He's just like, hey, we got part owner of the company right here. Can we get some pictures with oh the staff? And he does gosh. it. So there's some pictures out there of uh, of me standing in front of a Casey's general. And I think it was in- What'd you in buy Iowa. him at? Their chart looks good. Ooh, let me tell you, this is actually boy. They a good took one. a dip in COVID. That makes no sense. <laughs> boy, we were talking market cap, dude. There's seven billion, man. So even smaller than what I thought. So yeah, but yeah I, that kind of made sense. Fifteen billions a lot. I owned it for six years. I, I got in at uh, nine, 90, $94. So nice. it's been it's been over a double, right? I mean, well, no, it's at two. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You're right. So they pay a dividend too, huh? I'm gonna say. Maybe 15, 17 years, they've been increased the dividend. Yep. So I own um, Casey and Costco. So they're kind of in similar spaces, right? Based on the sector, right? We have broad sectors and then within sectors, we have different industries. And then industry in this case would be grocery some sort. So we could say that Casey's fits in the grocery space and so does Costco. So uh, I think I know the answer to this. If you had to invest in one, I'm pretty sure you're going with just the Costco. This is where you have to be careful. If you're going to try to tell me that Casey's is at 7 billion market cap and Costco's at, I'm going to bring up Costco. I'm going to say 250 in market cap. I don't think Casey is going to double. And I don't think Casey will be at 14 billion market cap. I don't think they're going to hit 21 billion. I interrupted, but go ahead. What were you going to try to say? Um, to I was just going to ask because based based on um, again uh, the difference in philosophies of our investing style, right? You would pick one or the other, and I would I mean, take Costco hands down. Yeah, and I mean I cannot fault you for that. I own Costco and Casey's, but this is more so the <laughs> the basket approach that that I also take. So again, just echoing the difference in our in our styles, right? I understand. I'm not knocking you if you want to own Walmart, Amazon, Target. Costco, Home Depot, the watch ones that cover everything. Nothing, Casey's, I guess. All right, um, so here, here's one for you. We haven't done a buy, buy, sell, and hold in a while. So buy, sell, and hold, Costco, Target, Walmart. I would sell, Wal I would, I'm just going to tell you which one I'm going to buy. Am I going to do buy or hold or sell? I'm just going to tell you what I buy. And I would buy Costco. Well, that game is no fun. It's not just buy, it's buy, sell, and hold. So you, you're going right, to hold. Right, yeah, I would. You sell own all three Walmart. now, so you're, you got no, all three. No, I'll sell Target. Okay, okay. You want to do the game? I yes. would sell Target. I don't like Target. Target to me isn't Amazon. And like, because Walmart is at least trying to become Amazon. I can respect that. Costco is their own niche of buying things in bulk at a discounted price. Target is like somewhere in the middle. 
And so I would sell Target. I would hold Walmart because that seems like a whole type of stock. Mm-hmm. And then I would buy Costco. And then I'm going to buy some Amazon too. There you go. What about you? Um, I am selling Walmart. I am buying Costco and holding Target. Look at us, huh? I actually sold my Target and I actually really regret it. TGT, man. That yeah. thing was down low when uh, uh, Amazon bought Whole Foods. Remember that? When like uh, Kroger was down huge, Target, Walmart, all those. Walmart reminds me, remember when I was trading at like $55 a share for like 10 years? Yeah. I also, I did that too, bought that one and sold it too. I don't regret that one at all. But yeah, it was in that phase where it's just like, this thing never moves. Yeah, it's always the same. Do you want to know the two stocks that have been sideways for a long time? Apple. Uh, I'm sorry. I asked you a question that I'm just going to answer for you. What was the question you asked me? Let me rephrase this. I'm going to tell you two stocks that have been (laughs) sideways for a long time. Me not going up, not going down. Apple. Apple's like down like 5% or up like three, you know, it depends how you look at it one year or the last 12 months rolling or whatever. Like there's potentially been no movement since they split. It's been trading at like that 127 mark for like, yeah, I want to say it, it got maybe as high as 150 after the, the split, but then it's been low. It and now it's, yeah, and it's been in that range. This is one of the talking points you hear on CNBC a lot, right? Where it's the biggest company in the world. I mean, it's one of the most profitable companies in the world. So it's just always a talking point. And I always get a kick out of this that somehow that Apple is just, it's stuck sideways. Is it time to dump Apple? And it's like they make more money in a three month period than most companies make in, in ten, yes. So, and the idea that they just still print boatloads of money. I mean, they make so much money from the software, from the sale of the phones, and this they keep raising the the dividend over time. They're buying back shares at astronomical rates, and the idea that it's because it's been sideways for six months or whatever that somehow it's bad. This is this is dollar cost averaging one hundred and one. I mean, just keep adding. I want to say your initial purchase in Apple probably came at a time like this. It was several years back where Apple was sideways or down big. And, before and, the split. and look, and yeah, divide that by four or whatever it is. And your cost basis is in the twenties. Well, the other side was one is, I mean, Amazon, man. I mean, yep. that thing's been trading around that $3,200, 3000 Yeah. And, and 3000 to 3200 is not a lot percentage wise because it's already such mm-hmm. a large stock that, that thing's been, you know, I think it's like up like 4% year to date or something mm-hmm. crazy. It's not, or 10%, it's nothing crazy. And that's another sideways one to keep throwing it down into you. So okay. if we back up here, just a, a Go sec ahead. too. We were talking about uh, selling, my selling Altria. And one of the things you were kicking around was selling Facebook. Have you pulled the trigger yet? Or is that still on your, on your radar? No, I'm not ready to sell yet. Uh, and, and look, no, I'm not. And, and, and maybe this is where you got to keep bringing this up in the psychological part. Winners keep winning. I bought that thing at 42. It's trading at 333. It's a little bit harder for me to pull the trigger versus you buy a stock at 56 and 10 years later, it's trading at 56. Mm-hmm. So um, 
I'm not ready to sell it. It's on my, t just like I have buy lists. Mm -hmm. It's number one on my sell list for sure. So what is there, is there room to sell a piece of it? So this is what I was gonna say. You did this with GE, right? So you started selling it easier with GE, right? Cause it had been going down all the while. Facebook yep. is going up, but yeah. What do you, so you're thinking about maybe reverse it, reversing it here and then just selling off pieces of it as it goes, goes well, up eventually getting out of position. Now that you brought that up, I should have just, sold all my GE at once and moved on. Mm -hmm. Maybe because, you know, I'm trying to learn from that, that instead of just like slowly selling stock, like a portion here, portion there, portion there, just like cut ties. The company is not what you thought it was or what you want it to be. I say you cut ties and move on, but it's kind of tough too, just like with Facebook. And again, we're all flawed individuals me, Mr. Mike Spicy Pickle. <laughs> so when you say that it's not what you want it to be, does that include, I mean, cause we talked about, it, I mean, a number of times, right? I don't think either of us feel better of spending time on, on Facebook, right? I mean, right. and is that is that enough? Cause this is one of the things that we've mentioned before too. One of the other things I try to look at now as an investment thesis is we have the opportunity, all of us as investors to try to shape the world in what we would like it to look like, whether it's, a company that puts out a product we truly believe in it's helping the environment it creates jobs i mean it's inclusive and diversity as well so it's one of the things that i've thought about that that's not really what facebook is doing maybe that's what their original mission statement was so does that give you pause at all well at and do you know what you just and this is a good segue and i'll just tell people and tell you there's an ETF I'm looking to buy. And I, I think this is the same one. You're talking about socially responsible investments. Mm -hmm. Have you heard that? So common themes for socially and responsible investments include socially conscious investing, socially responsible investments can be made into individual companies with good social value mm -hmm. through social conscious mutual fund or ETFs. Mm -hmm. So I actually have a new mutual fund I'm going to buy tomorrow. That is a, I'm assuming this is what it is. It's called a social index fund. Mm -hmm. And it's because it's not going to have gas. It's not going to have oil in there. It's going to be for companies that are essentially for the good of the environment and for the good of what I just, that definition I gave to you. Here's the ironic part. You want to hear their top 10 holdings? Yes. What's the ticker on this one, by the way? So this is going to be, it's a mutual fund. Mm -hmm. So this is a good thing where, you know, you can buy it and maybe your, your retirement accounts, it's going to be VFTA, VF tax. So VF tax. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's a Vanguard with the V. Um, VFTAX. Got it. Yep. VATAX. 10 holdings here. And it's called the social index fund. Okay. Here, here's the funny part. You ready for the top 10 holdings? I'm guessing there's going to be some discrepancies here. Let's hear them. No. Okay. Well, here's the funny part. You got Apple. Yeah. Makes sense. Microsoft mm -hmm. sold at 26. We can talk about that if you'd like. <laughs> Amazon. All right. Google. I'm with you. Uh, Tesla. I do not own. Yeah, JP Morgan yeah. Chase. Boy, he got reamed by uh, Warren. <laughs> yeah, I'm feel, Warren. feeling a little different about Jamie Dimon these days. I mean, yep, yep, veil Jamie D. Uh, Visa, mm -hmm. and then United Health Group, and there's one more, Facebook. Yeah, 
So it's kind of funny that you and I are questioning Facebook's social morale and how it makes people feel. And they're throwing that in there in the social uh, mutual fund. So I was kind of thinking of, to your question, boy, is this a long response to your question? Do you want to sell Facebook? That I might sell Facebook and take a big position in this so I still have Facebook exposure. Yeah. All right. I get what you're saying. It's a start. This is, um, what do you these are hard. That, those top 10 holdings. It's actually, I own, um, with the exception of, uh, Facebook, I, I own, uh, every one of those. So, I mean, those are just companies that, that I like and agree with. And I like this. Well, the thing is, is though it's crazy is that most of these, when you do this, you've got Exxon in there, Chevron's yeah. in there, or like Merck is in there that. I just, I'm, this is just kind of a safe, safe mutual fund with stocks that I believe in all of them. And I don't own Microsoft, but that's the thing. I, I don't want to beat myself up that I sold Microsoft at 26. I own so much in mutual funds and large cap stocks that I've got Microsoft in there. Don't, don't, don't sell yourself. It's in there. If I had to take one out, all right, the top 10 holdings, Apple in, Microsoft in, Amazon in, Facebook. We already talked about that. Let's pretend that one doesn't count. The Googles, Tesla, Visa, I like. They have um, United Health Group. JP Morgan Chase is kind of a head scratcher, no? I think so. Um, JPM? I'm not, I'm not a not a fan of, uh, of uh, JPM. I'm not a fan of uh, Jamie Dimon. I'm not really not a fan of any of the, the large Big banks, banks. Yeah. my, as I've said, my, my play in the financial space is I like the FinTech companies. So uh, MasterCard, Visa, PayPal, Square, really. All of those you named. And that's mm -hmm. the thing too. People get a little scared with crypto and, and I, and I get it. I'm mm -hmm. not like a crypto guy myself. Um, but it's kind of cool. If you go to the, um, Yahoo finance app on your phone, and you actually go to, to search and you go to um, top crypto bets. These are all companies where that are, have exposure to crypto. And what you could do is if you buy Microsoft, Visa, NVIDIA, MasterCard, PayPal, AMD, Square, on and on, those are all companies that essentially have crypto exposure. So if you're scared to buy Bitcoin, Dogecoin, whatever, which I get, you know, you buy Visa. We've talked about this before, right? Mm -hmm. I like Visa better than MasterCard. And uh, I like uh, I like MasterCard better than, than Visa. When you look at fundamentals and valuation. Um, They're both think, on the Dow, right? I think Visa is the only one that's on the Dow, not MasterCard. I mean, Visa Amex is, actually, is on the Dow? No? Amex, yeah. Oh, Amex. So anyway. But um, yeah, I, I like uh, just... Uh, some of the stuff that in fintech that uh, the MasterCard's doing there, it, uh, it appeals to me more. But I mean, I own both of them and I keep adding to both of them. Which do you like better? This is where I, you know, I don't like the buy, sell, hold game. This is the, mm -hmm. which do you like better? Because you're going to be like, would you rather? I, I just buy them all. Yeah. <laughs> all so right. Would you rather? PayPal, okay. Visa, MasterCard, American Express. Which one are you gonna? Which one do you like the, uh, the most? Yeah, and I can only buy. I can only hold one of them or buy one of them. 
Yes, and you can't even ever talk about the other three. <laughs> PayPal. Yeah, I, I thought you were gonna go with that. But PayPal's then it's it, kind of cool that it's like the safest. I mean, couldn't why? How how do they not? And maybe they do. How do they not own Venmo? They do. Right? Mm-hmm. They do. They own, mm-hmm. PayPal owns Venmo. Yep. Oh wow. They own um, Zoom also. It's one. It does the same thing as Venmo, but it does it for international. Zelly? No, no. Uh, Zoom Z uh, um, X X O O M. It's for international payments. So they the same thing that you do with PayPal and uh, with Venmo, but it's for international. It's yeah. it's um yeah they 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 own both of them. I think they bought it. I don't know a few years back. So what do you think about me? Um in that mutual fund as i said that i've really been trying to do is look at companies that are doing good right and uh, i think it was blackrock about a year ago that's their uh their ceo larry fink said uh, he was going to start making funds without oil and gas uh in it because of the uh, yeah. environmental thing and i like to start the next thing i'd like to see is things like mining right mining and minerals digging up stuff from the earth is also not because well, here's another example of a mutual fund that's like right close to it. And this is what I see in a lot of mutual funds. JP Morgan Chase, this is a dividend mutual fund, right? Mm-hmm. JP Morgan Chase, we just talked about it. J&J, all right, I like it. Vaccine, cool. Home Depot, I'm a fan of it. A little bit tied to the housing market, huge um, dividend. PG, no problem there. B of A, I'm like, all right, well, you're already doubling down on the JP Morgan Chase. Comcast, big fan of that. We talked about that with that a lot. And then you see Exxon, Verizon, Intel, AT&T. This is a mutual fund I don't like. And I see this a lot where I'm going back to that leather mutual fund where I have in there, again, I've got Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, Google, Tesla, JP Morgan Chase, Visa, United Health Group. I like all of those. I get a little healthcare in there. I get the Visa play. I love the, I get the EV. So those media, and then you go to the, this one where the AT&T, Intel, Verizon, Exxon, it's like snooze fest. So let me, so the, the, the VF, TAX, the Vanguard one, is it only those 10 companies or is it, there's more? So So, here's the part. And it's like, I, um, I think you could probably see this. Go ahead see see the rest of their holdings but i would hate to think that you're also backtracking and that this fund also holds either philip morris and altria or both of them <laughs> yeah. because this is this is to, to what you're talking about uh, uh my girlfriend when she really wanted to invest she wanted to invest in in, a, in the broad market but she also didn't want to invest in things like tobacco companies she didn't Mm -hmm. want to invest in oil and gas she didn't want to invest in mining companies doesn't really like biotech either pharmaceutical companies so it's you can't s&p 500 yes so um, nasdaq out there's a fund there's a fund the fund that i found it's called the odyssey social justice all cap global etf all right, we're, uh, I, I need symbols here, buddy. JSTC. So for the people listening, Nate just threw this ETF at me. I'm at finance.yahoo. I'm going straight towards holdings. I just want to see what they've got. We got Visa, Anthem. Anthem's the insurance one, right? Um, ASML holding. I, what's that? I, I don't know what that is. It's a you know? um, maker of uh, semiconductors. Oh, Semiconductor play. 
Alliance SC. Um, here's your American Express. So you got Visa American Express, East Japan Railway Company. I think one of the things the about this symbol is nine zero two zero. That sounds international to me. So this is one of the things that I really liked about the the fund is it, it's nine hundred stocks. Nine hundred. But so just it's, it's giving the top ten percent. Um. Yeah. So it's uh the company Adesina is started by this uh, this young lady, Rachel Rob Robosiadia, I think is how you pronounce her name. But she worked for one of the large banks, basically, and just found that she didn't agree with most of the uh, the things that the, the, the bank was. In. Yeah, so she started this. But just listen to this screen. We go back to the companies. But one of the things I really like is that she has this screen screening process. So the 900 companies, and it sounds like such a, a large number, right? But again, a lot of these, I think, are international companies as well, yep. too. So it gives it gives a lot of uh, a lot of diversity here but there's things like there's she i mean there's for for racial justice right so one of the things is there's not going to be any companies that are involved with with prison in any way whether mm -hmm. house prisoners funding of prisoners prison labor um and then there's things like land rights and discrimination so no occupied territories um nothing with uh, indigenous people's rights and there's fair dealings so no for-profit colleges and then there's gender things. So basically no companies that have had problems with sexual harassment, reproductive rights, and then uh, LGBTQ equality. And then we have things like uh, economic justice. So it's looking for companies that are, are helping with livable wages, fair labor practices, fair lending practices. And then you have the climate justice. So environmental stability and then clean air and water. And then there's a just basically a movement to to get things aligned. So there's stuff also we're looking for companies that are interested in not only human safety and corporate citizenship, but things like also animal welfare and others. So this really is that one. It's the only one that I was able to find that really not only the oil and gas, but as we were just saying with the VFTX and we can go back, it's that dilemma, right? So you're getting rid of oil and gas, but they might have tobacco in it or something, which we just talked about wanting to get rid of. So it's it's hard, but yeah, yeah go, go back to those holdings because I think it's well, and that's the whole idea. This just came, this just started in December. Yeah, so the, I heard an interview with her on a uh, on a podcast. Uh, on a, it's called the Compound, and it was a really good interview. And I really liked what she was saying and her um, in this fund. So yeah, I had mentioned it to my girlfriend, and she was like, "Yeah, I'd like to invest in this." So she's been dollar cost averaging into that since since mm. december but that's really cool i mean um you know pretty you know impressive and respectable and i i'm not gonna even if you know in two years it's trading at 18 dollars a share totally respect that when you're doing research and maybe you know a better website they usually give the top 10 holdings so i think I wish you can they, find you know, it on the on the website oh so, you can so i okay. think this one i was going to it's adasina.com a d a S-I-N-A.com. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a link on there somewhere. To show all through. 900. Yeah, you could probably see. Or it has actually has the semi-annual report. It reports every twice a year. So in the report would also. You, but you'd like to think, going back to, to my um, VFTAX, if the top 10 holdings are all, and it's called a social ETF for social, you know, buying things that are socially beneficial to, to humans as a whole, You'd like to think that they're not, you know, buying a bunch of Altria yeah. and Exxon like at the bottom and not telling anyone, 
you yeah. know, you'd like to think that that's kind of how they're doing it. So, so this has been the the big push for me. I mean, Altria was the most recent one that I that I got rid of that I didn't feel good about it based on the uh, the product and what it does. Facebook was another one, but I mean, you just mentioned, I mean, Boston Beer Company, right? That's still alcohol. I don't know kills how many people a year. So right, and that's getting in that thing where that could be a another one. The other thing I own, um, I own a railroad company. I own uh, Norfolk Southern, and uh, I mean one of the things that is easily hauled via railroad is things like coal, right? I mean, coal is yep. terrible for the environment. So by proxy, right, I'm still somehow contributing. So these are the things that, I mean, I think you and I both struggle with, right? Wanting to invest in the future that we want to see, but at the same time, whether it's Facebook that's done very well or Altria or a railroad company, it's still very, very hard psychologically speaking to to cut ties with this and we talk about the justification of well you can take some of that off the table and put it in something better or just not reinvest the dividends but neither Look, one of us is perfect facebook really i think it's a personal preference that you and i are saying well we don't feel good about how it makes feel people feel but no i mean i think the the problem that you and i both have with facebook is what it was intended to do what it was created to do i mean you want to share parts of your life with your friends and family whether it's pictures stories that's great but the way they have monetized it with ads now has been just so much the spread of misinformation without getting too too deep about this but right. that's one of the the big problems that that i have right is that so many so many things on there are clickbait and it's not as if these stories are fact checked in any ways the other thing is that they have terribly mishandled everybody's information. So what, one of the things though, that the pr biggest problem that I've had is that, so I can't remember when it was sometime last year, but I mean, Mark Zuckerberg was in front of Congress in one of those um, congressional hearings, just like we recently saw with Jamie Dimon for, for wrongdoing. And at that time it was the biggest fine ever. And Facebook was fined something like five or $6 billion. It's like two, 20 was, bucks to me. It, it was eight weeks of operating income. So basically the government basically just set an expectation that it, or based on this, right? Zuckerberg has just said, oh, if I basically just stick my middle finger up at all our users, right? Give all their information away, let the spread of misinformation happen. All the government's going to do is slap me on the wrist, right? So that's really when I was just like, I don't feel good about owning this company because I don't think that that Mark Zuckerberg, Sheryl Sandberg, and the rest of their executive team have any interest in changing the platform and trying to get rid of hate rhetoric, misinformation, really protect our data. I mean, that's a that's a real, real concern, right? Is that your information can be out there exposed. We just talked about cybersecurity and that. So, and uh, I mean, as you said, I like it. It's just after you spend time on Facebook, I mean, I don't really or at least when I did use it, I never really truly felt better about myself or just felt smarter, more well-informed. So, well, that's what the pod's for, bud. Yeah, there we go. So I'm going to, I'll keep working on it, right? Just little, little steps to remind you and bleepy, you don't have to tell me, right? It's hard. Imagine, when... uh, how many, uh, of our listeners we lose next week. I'm like, all right, I sold all my Google and Microsoft, I put it all in GameStop and in Altria. <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> well, this is. I mean, we'll we'll leave it for the we'll leave it for the listeners on this. This is, as I said, to reiterate. This is sometimes one of the theses I use to invest in a in a company. Is um, I don't think it could be under understated, right? How much difference a competent management team could can mean. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, he's done very well for the company. Wells for Fargo, John Stump. Yeah, that, that guy didn't turn out to be the greatest. I mean, recently seeing more of Jamie Dimon, I don't feel comfortable mm-hmm. about him. But then there's other leaders like Tim Cook of Apple that I feel really good about, Sundar Pichai at Google, and um, Reed Hastings at Netflix. So sometimes just uh, an investment in the company might be based on the uh, the leadership and how you feel about well, it. And the, we got to give props when they're due, the DPZ guy. I mean... Yeah, Patrick Doyle back in the day in the second. And here's the thing, it's never... It's never guaranteed that just because one CEO turns around a company that the guy that's following in his footsteps can do the same thing. I think of... Well, it's Jim, like coaching. It's just like the example well, we you, used. I mean, you stole my example. You're going to go with the, the... Let's do it. The Phil Jackson, right? Lay it on the listeners. Well, Phil Jack... I actually, You're right. I didn't even think of Phil Jackson. I just think of coaching in general that... But Phil Jackson is the greatest example of all time I mean, he takes a company just turns it around and then when he bails the company falls into shambles yeah i mean we've talked about this both ways i mean everybody said it was the easiest thing to do with uh to win with the uh chicago bulls and i was like well ask doug collins about that right i mean i always kind of look at sport like again sports is a small microcosm of what stocks are but it's the same analogy that you can see with companies like sports where you can see all of a sudden they had nothing they're you know they're trading at $10 a share mm-hmm. you know they they the wor- third worst team in the AFC they start getting draft picks they get a new head mm-hmm. coach they get that superstar the next year then they're make it to the AFC championship and then next year you know they've won 3 out of the last 4 you know ch- you know super bowls or whatever and it's the same thing with companies. You you see them starting. They change leadership. They add different pieces to the puzzle. They have a new, you know, and sometimes like a team will start a scheme and it doesn't work and then they lose another 50 games. But, you know, then it's next, you know, it's, you know, Uber with all their different entities that they're trying to do, which I still wouldn't know in Uber. Remember we talked about it? Uh, a couple so Uber, Uber, is a, is, Uber is a verb, right? But I just... I was thinking about this and uh, hot take is um, is Uber and ride sharing. So we can throw Lyft in here and we can yep. actually even throw in the Grubhub. Um, let's throw Grubhub yeah. in there. Let's throw all the food delivery. So let's put DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber and Lyft and put them all in this in this space. Of you know who Uber. owns Drizzly? Uber. That's right. Um, put all these in the same space and um, We'll call um, Uber a verb, right? And we'll say either Door or DoorDash or Grubhub is a verb for your your food food delivery service. But none of them are profitable, and I nope. can't ever see them any profitable. So I just saw DoorDash's report. Get this: there was this example of a of a menu of a of an order that DoorDash had. So the bill for the order was thirty six dollars. Of that, something like twenty seven dollars went to the restaurant. Another $8 went to the driver for the delivery. And DoorDash got the remaining 90 cents. So on a $36 order, DoorDash is 
net profit was 90 cents. That does not seem like a long-term viable option. That goes for back to why if you are talking and, and again, I, 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 I'm not affiliated with this company and I'm sorry if I'm talking about too much on this pod, throwing DPZ into that category. They are the ones that they're getting all that profit. That's the thing what separates and what, and now who knows in 10 years, there could be 10 different delivery services. Domino's just thrown in the shuffle and they're just like everyone else. And they're not, they're making 99 cents right then and there. But that's the whole point is that what, is that DPZ started the delivery because the people have been delivering pizzas forever, yeah. but essentially Domino's is what made the Uber DoorDash Uber eats delivery system. But instead they're probably make their margin is because they're making the product. That's the difference that separates them is that when you're ordering Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A is not the one delivering it. So what with Domino's, They've got that advantage of DPZ where people want the delivery service. You're not using Uber or Grubhub to order pizza. Nope. You're going well, you right can. to the source. And yeah, you got to pay the dot the, the driver who's paid on tips. But for the most part, Domino's, that pizza probably took 25 cents to make, and they're charging 15 bucks for it. That's where the margin comes in. That's well, where yeah, the margin is. As you said, it's all done in-house. They don't have to partner with anybody. So no. I agree. The driver gets paid from Domino. So even if you spend 25 cents to make the pizza on an ingredients and you got to pay the driver $5 an hour and he gets their tips from the consumer. But if I'm just doing quick math here, but if your, your order's 30, so you take your $37 order. Mm -hmm. I bet you for Domino's $37 driver gets 10, right? Then Domino's gets the other 27 bucks. Yeah, minus whatever the expenses were whatever, or whatever for what ad saying. marketing. But yeah, it's the same thing. So anyways, the hot take, all I was going to say is that I started thinking about this the other day, whether we're talking Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, Grubhub, these are all things that I don't think are going anywhere, right? It's too yeah. convenient. I'm still going to use Lyft or Uber. I'm still going to order food when it's convenient, whenever I want. But it just made me think, is this the equivalent of the airlines? Airlines have truly never been year over year profitable, right? There's always yeah. going to be headwinds where there's going to be something, whether it's a plane crash, whether it's a pandemic, whether it's fuel prices. Now there's times where you could get in with the airlines, even you bought it at a very good time, right? And it is, but overall, historically, airlines have never been profitable. And in fact, it's the highest number of bankruptcies. This is our joke, right? How do you become a millionaire? Start a start off as a billionaire and invest in a, in an airline, airlines. right? And I was like, this is, I think, is this really what Uber and Lyft are going to be? And what the, the food deliveries are going to be? They're not going to go anywhere, but they are never going to be. And you want to know profitable. when like a Southwest was their most probably profitable? Yeah. That might be the most. Is yeah. probably when they were only in Texas mm -hmm. and they only flew from Dallas to San Antonio. The commuter flights, yep. The commuter flights. That's probably when, and that's kind of like that in and out example we talked about earlier. in and outs probably crushing it by sticking it local, locally. And I bet you, you know, Southwest LUV would probably have been making more money if they just stayed in Texas and just didn't have all that expenses they had to pay. Airline travel is just, it's something we, we need, but it's- But it's would you then say back to your point on Uber, 
if they only stick or lift, if lift only sticks with driving people around, mm-hmm. wouldn't that then be like, cause there, there's no actual consumer product. Wouldn't that be more profitable than all the ones you listed? Because there is no like food to deliver and pay a restaurant. Yeah. So maybe in that example of Lyft, Lyft is like the Southwest when they started off and all they were doing were the commuter flights in in Texas and became profitable and then waited, I don't know how many years it was before they started adding other routes to it. Um, Maybe Lyft would be the, it's funny because if I bet you if you went to episode two, I'm like, oh, Uber sounds kind of cool because they're like trying to do everything, but maybe Lyft by them just doing rides only and no food delivery no marijuana delivery, no alcohol delivery, none of those deliveries that maybe they're just sticking with a product that doesn't need to be made. Maybe they might last everyone else. And it might be in 15 years, you have Lyft, DPZ, and Amazon delivering you groceries. I don't think it's going anywhere. And I definitely Do you know think- where the automated driving is? My best example <laughs> in the total recall where it's like, Johnny, oh, here, I got to tell you my quick total recall thing. So I'm watching total recall. And they have the soft, the, the automated driver. And I'm like, that makes sense. But then they go into this like downtown area where they have the Coca-Cola logo. And I'm like, okay, makes sense. And then they have the Fuji, a <laughs> big screen of Fuji. I'm like, wait, 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 time out, time out. This is so <laughs> realistic. You mean to tell me, look, I get to us going to Mars makes sense. And I get the self-driving Johnny car and I get um, that Arnold Schwarzenegger is still alive. I get all that. Fuji's going to make a comeback. You mean to tell me Fuji's going to have Times Square, a big, huge advertisement? I'm like, this movie's so unrealistic. <laughs> well, based on the time, right? 92, I guess Fuji was the thing. Did you ever watch the remake with uh, Colin? Is Colin Fuji Fowl? in it? <laughs> no, but it's it's more, it's one where they have the whole thing where the uh, cell phone is in the uh, palm of your hand type thing or whatever. You just hold your hand up to it and then you can hold it up to a window or a screen and it'll project on there. I totally buy it. All right, bud, I'm going to leave on my good uh, Total Recall point. All right, great stuff tonight. Uh, I think we both have stuff we uh, we can can work on, right? Thinking about the uh, the social, the, the ESG, the environment, the social aspect, and the government. That'll be one of our, uh, our themes going forward here, too, that we can always work on. All right, we'll talk to you later, bud. All right, talk to you soon.